Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend and co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, I don't know why I point at you every time, but I noticed that this is a habit that I have. It certainly is. I, nobody can see it, but it's just you and I. So no, no, no. it's cool. People on YouTube that go and watch are faithful subscribers, Eyes Up Mindset channel. They are seeing the point every time. And most of you should go and do that still, by the way. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would be awesome. John is recently back from a trip to the Caribbean. He's, he's well-leathered um, and bronzed. How was the trip, man? No, it was great. Um, good to get out, get some fresh air. You know, this, the old salt in the, in the skin and hair is, is good for the soul. Um, had some, had some difficulties though. Like, you know, people, we, we talk about going and sailing. People think it's 90 degrees and sunny and beautiful all the time, but it's not, we had some engine difficulties. We had a bunch of rain. Um, and I don't want anybody to, pretend like I'm saying, feel sorry for me. Cause I, I am not asking for that, but, uh, you asked how the trip was. It was good. No, it's good, but it's, it's also good to be home for sure. For sure. So speaking of getting back on the horse, we got Damon Burton today. Damon is a author, a speaker, a business guru. Um, but he's also a husband and a father, you know, he's, he's written for Forbes helped, build businesses, grow businesses through search engine optimization. I thought I was going to screw it up. I think I nailed it though. Yeah, you did. But he's worked with NBA teams, businesses that have been featured on Shark Tank. He's a big deal, you know, in terms of what he has done. But I think certainly our kind of guy. And I think as a listener, you're going to enjoy the conversation because I don't know that he could be more down to earth and more real and, and, uh, just refreshing to know that this is a dude that is doing really big and important things. And yet at the same time cares a lot about the personal side of what he does. Well, it starts there, right? That's where all of this starts. That's what launched the whole deal is it's about relationships and it's always about relationships. And that's who we are as a company is about, let's give this thing away. Let's give this idea of how we think shapes, how we behave and how we perform. Let's give that away and then help, other people. Let's give that idea away, help other people to grow and get better and to challenge and change themselves so that they can then challenge and change the community that they're a part of. And it starts with single relationships. And that thing is what Damon is really good at, I think, number one. And number two, in the conversation, you see how it's helped him grow a pretty important business and, uh, and how it helps him serve his, uh, his business partners and, and the people that he works with. It's awesome. No doubt. Grow, give, get better today. Damon Burton. Damon, welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. Awesome to have you here today. Thanks so much. I noticed that um, Jamie has a beard and you don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people watching this, you're going to notice one thing does not look <laughs> like the other. I, I mean... So I just was um, actually sailing. And so beards and sailing in the ocean don't go real well. So no. I had, I had to shave. I'm not educated on beards and sailing. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up. I don't know if that's actually true. Shoot, I called it out. 
I thought there was like some like known thing where the sea salt is just horrible for your beards or something. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I, I mean, I don't generally rock a beard, but I knew you were going to have one. So I wanted to match today. I wanted yeah, to be good call. Today, good call. So. Because now John's the odd man out. Oh, <laughs> well, all right. Well, good talk, yeah. guys. Uh, we'll all right. Thanks, guys. Out. Thanks for having me. I'll see you. <laughs> no. Damon, so tell us a little bit about kind of your area of expertise. What do you do? Um, and, and, uh, how, how did we get yeah. connected? I guess, um, we had a mutual friend introduce us. Um, my, my background is, um, you know, I'll, I'll give the personal answer and the business answer. So, um, the business answer is I founded a marketing company called SEO national 14 years ago. You can probably tell by the name that we do SEO, which, um, if you're not familiar with what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. And that's where we work with clients to have their website show up higher on Google without paying for ads. All right. There's that. So now the personal side of me, um, I've also been married for 14 years. Um, I was telling you before we hit record, I was talking to my wife and she just did some travels. Um, I love her as much now as I, as I did when we were first dating, we got three kids, um, two boys and a girl. And, and as we already touched on, I have a beard. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Excellent. John's like, I don't know how to take this. <laughs> so, when you talk about search engine optimization, for those of us that don't know, you said just show up better on Google. To me, that kind of ties in with your ethos is like, let's help, let's lift other people up. When you see, you know, like you have a blog, you have a podcast called Learning From Others and like just that whole idea of let's lift other people up, let's raise other people up mm-hmm. goes with this idea of what search engine optimization is. So you've yeah. kind of found a way to make your technical skill Mary, kind of the life ethos mindset, you know, we're a mindset mm-hmm. company that you have. How does that help you perform at a higher level in your job? You know, becoming aware of that connection that you just pointed out is, is relatively new for me because um, I've always just been kind of like a giver and, and not a salesy kind of person and, and just enjoyed fostering relationships. So I think, um, a lot of the success I found was, was obviously strategic and, and intentional, but I think a lot of it was unintentional, um, but I was able to kind of marry the two. And, and so what I mean by that is in my company's infancy, um, I'll give you the crash course on the evolution of my company. So the first year or two is, is just a one-man show, like cool, early 20s, self-employed, awesome. And so then a year or two later, I was like, you know, I, I, I have a good opportunity here. Maybe I should be more intentional with it and see where I can go with it. And so then we grew for a couple of years. I brought on more people and then, you know, there's, you know, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, slowly grow, slowly grow, slowly grow. But um, what I've realized in largely the last two or three years is like you pointed out that a lot of, by far the majority of my company's growth is um, referrals. And that's, that's above and beyond me driving a return for them on their investment. And it, and a lot of it is the personal relationship by me having a sincere interest in their growth as a company and as, you know, the individual owner. And one example that I give all the time is, is a good friend of mine named Joseph Hansen. Um, he was one of my first clients. I want to say he was like client number three. And so I have, I have at least a dozen clients that are still with me 
from 14 years ago. And that's super rare in any business, but especially digital marketing, because everyone else is like turn and burn, get them in, get them out. Um, it's a numbers game, revolving door. And I take the opposite approach. I foster relationships, I high, high quality, low volume clients. And the reason why I give Johansson as an example is because he started um, when him and I first engaged, it was his first company. He, we blew it up. He exited for millions of bucks, took that money, reinvested another one and repeated that as well. And he's gone on to build and sell five businesses in 10 years. Every time he hits me up, not only has that guy provided consistent, you know, revenue for my company, but he sent, I mean, he sent countless referrals. I think in years two through five, that one guy alone contributed probably 25% of every single new client I got. And then those guys have brought new clients. Those guys have brought new clients. And then to kind of bring this full circle, I mean, that's kind of on the business side, but what I've learned in the last couple of years is I've, I've just done those things because it felt right. And that's who I was. But now that I've become more aware of it, I I'm being more intentional about it and saying, how can I amplify this? How can I help others? Because it's like a feel good. And, and I think that what's important for people to understand is like, be selfish about it. I help people out because it feels good. <laughs> like <laughs> call me selfish. Right. So I've been more aware of the, the win, 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 you know, I can help people. It feels good. It helps them. That makes them feel good. Brings business icing on the cake. Right. So yeah, it's been something that, um, has always been part of the journey, but only until recently has, has it been something I've been more intentionally aware about. So I want to go back to when you were starting to build your company and you started to expand and grow little by little. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I read on your website or blog or whatever is that you've never met your team in person. They're all kind of remote, yeah. right. Which yeah. I think is awesome. And I think, is extremely relevant today. I, I do some online mental health work and, and have for quite a few years. And so the online transition, you know, during the pandemic was mm-hmm. relatively easy. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people right now that are like starting to get used to the fact that they have to do stuff or more stuff online. Mm-hmm. But the thing that struck me was kind of, you had a statement about like, I've never met these people in person but I'll put their loyalty and their buy-in mm-hmm. to this company, this group up against anybody's. Mm-hmm. So I think that is going to be a huge part moving forward in the world of business or anything where more stuff is done online and people get used to doing it. Now, mm-hmm. what's the next step is how do we build a culture around buy-in about, mm-hmm. you know, loyalty, that sort of thing. Um, so could, can you talk a little bit about how you have done that with your business, even though you haven't met those people in person? Yeah. So, um, you, you said it exactly right. The way I say it is I put their loyalty up against anybody. So just to kind of give the listeners a scope, um, I have a team of about 20. And so half of those people are in the States and half of them are in the Philippines. And so until this year, I had never met any of them. And, and in March I had met, um, the majority of the Philippine, the, the team in the Philippines. So I still haven't met the team in the state, the, the States, the closest ones, <laughs> but um, it, to kind of further emphasize the scope of the team loyalty is um, I've never had, well, I've had one, one team member quit, but that's it. And even then I wouldn't really say they quit. And he's a good friend of mine, still a friend. Um, he just had a, a circumstance came up that was just kind of coincidental. So um, somebody had said, Hey, my company's looking for some insights on SEO you know, talk to my friend and he kind of gave him some free advice. And then that just opened up a door to some opportunities. And so he, he kind of brought it to the table and said, um, 
you know, here's kind of a, a weird circumstance. What do you think? And so I encouraged him to take it. And because as much as I love my team, I also don't want to inhibit them. I even had this conversation last week with, with my, my podcast editor, Kevin, you know, I, he, he brought up something about, he, he's recently married. So it was like, you know, what I was talking to him, but what's your long-term plans, what's this and that. And this kind of illustrates the point is like, I care about them. And as much as they support my productivity and, and they help per not provide my financial stability and financial freedom, I don't, I want them to find the same thing. You know, hopefully I can provide it for them, but if they have another opportunity, I'm totally going to support them. So, um, the way that I've kind of fostered those relationships and I, I mean it sincerely, I would put their loyalty up against anybody's, um, and to kind of emphasize how loyal they are. So other than the one gentleman never had anybody quit. Um, I've had two of them ask me to be a godfather of their children. I've had one of them that I love this story because it's so freaking hilarious, but it really underscores the, the relationship is two of the team members are married. So they got married four years ago and, um, four years ago, my wife was pregnant with our daughter. And so they asked if I could go join their wedding, like in person and attend it and be in their wedding line. And, and I said, super grateful for the opportunity, but my wife's pregnant and I just don't want to fly halfway across the world and leave her hanging. And so what started as a joke of get a life-size cardboard cut out of Damon turned into reality. So I have pictures of like six foot white dude, cardboard Damon towering over five and a half foot tall Filipinos and like this wedding line of 20 people. And I'm just like mid left in the middle, just this giant cardboard over everybody. But so that is hilarious. But like, if you really take a step back and look at it, how much does that show that the relationship that we have together for them to invite an artificial cardboard Damon to a wedding? So, um, you know, the way that that happens is just by caring. I, I reach out to them regularly. We, we talk on Skype regularly. And by reaching out, I don't mean I ask how they're doing on the project. I don't even talk about work. I'm like, how's your daughter doing? How's you know, what's going on with your father-in-law? Uh, like I actually know what's going on in their life and I ask them about it and they sincerely care about it. And, um, you know, it just, it all comes back around and, and I would way rather invest time and find the right people ahead of time and, uh, front load the efforts and finding the right people that fit in our little puzzle, um, well, and, and spend more time on the front end than just trying to save a dollar and find the cheapest per- person and end up wasting more time and money in the long run. I, I'm a teacher. And, uh, one of the things that I had, uh, one of my professors in college tell me was low level, non-threatening conversations, low level, non-threatening conversations. Do you more good in the long run than you can possibly imagine? And that's mm-hmm. what you're talking about is connection happens in these moments of non-threatening, non-movement oriented conversations. They're just about mm-hmm. how's your grandpa doing today? What's, yeah. did you go riding you know, I know you like riding horseback. Did you go riding this weekend? You know, these sort of things then develop this sort of connection and consistency in relationship. And then you have something to come back to. I think you said it like, let's front end the work with mm-hmm. personal connection so that on the end, we can have those conversations. Like you talked about when the, the gentleman chose to leave the company, well, we can have a real conversation about that. He's going to be honest with me and clear with me. Yeah. And now we, I can help promote his next work and we can re- maintain a relationship. And then he's going to mm-hmm. refer back. You know, you talk about referrals being a huge part of your business. Well, let's maintain relationships whenever possible. Yeah. And is, do you find that to be challenging to do from a distance? 
Not for me. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those, uh, questions where I, I'm not quite sure how to answer because it's, I, it's normal to me, but I realize sure. it's probably not normal to the majority of people. So I don't know that I have the right answer for other people. Um, but it's, it hasn't been challenging for me. Um, but I've kind of adopted that mindset with just everything. Like I, I just, I want to help people. Uh, like I, it makes, I don't have a better answer other than it makes me feel good. Like I'll be on LinkedIn, um, and engaging with new people and I'm, throwing out free advice left and right with no benefit whatsoever to me in the end. And what happens is it comes back around later. So, you know, I talk about maybe one way I can kind of compare this is with the world of SEO, a lot of it's based around content. And so I, I tell people that, that if somebody isn't a client and I still help them with advice, I say, start where you can start where you can get the best bang for your buck. And that's content, right? You're, you're the expert in whatever you do, whatever you sell. So share that experience and share that knowledge. And so what they say is, well, why would I give away that free? Why would I give the answers away for free? Well, because you can't lose. And so what I mean by that is you give out the content and either the person may not be a customer right now, but they've now established a psychological subconscious relationship with you because you've shared knowledge with them and now they trust you later, they become a client or they take your advice and run and they're never a client. You help somebody awesome, or they become a freaking client. So like you can't lose. And so it's like the same mindset that I apply with LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever people hit me up all the time. Um, my only catch is don't waste my time. I will help you as, as much as I have available time as long as you will take action on it. If you want to frustrate me, have a conversation and then ignore everything that we said. <laughs> Absolutely. I, the thing that you said is, again, it, it goes back to this thing. Whenever I'm reading something that you're doing or listening to something that you've done, it's, this, it's very clear you have an abundance mindset. You have, you have an enough mindset. There is enough for everyone. It's not a scarcity mindset. It's a mindset that says, if I give, it's going to come back. And it doesn't matter if I get it today or tomorrow, or if this person right. has tremendous benefit before I ever see anything from this, it's mm -hmm. enough because I got that little bit of good juice because it makes yeah. me feel good. Like, how do you, how do you do that? And then not feel like you're thin you know what i mean like where, how do you balance that that's it it's always a question that we get a little bit is like okay if i want to grow myself and grow others at the same time how do i do that how do i balance those those pieces um it, it's a it's a it's a slow evolution you know i'm certainly fortunate in my circumstances where i can have like team members help that a little bit so i try to find the the balance the way that i approach linkedin is probably a perfect example to communicate this um so with LinkedIn, uh, you know, we all, we all get hit up with sales pitches and the private messages and we can tell when it's a bot and this and that. So what I try to do with LinkedIn and my team is I try to semi automate only small parts of it. So the, on the only small part that I use is, is finding potential good candidates to engage with. So have a program run and find somebody that has a president title or a CEO title or an owner title or a manager, people on the level that I want to have an engagement with but I, I want that relationship to be me. So after the, the one engagement, automation is done. Because if they reply, I want to manage the relationship. If they have a comment or a question, I want to foster the relationship. And so what I do is I scale as much as you can while protecting, or, or I automate or scale as much as I can while protecting 
the personal parts of it. So if somebody replies, it comes to me. So I have, but at the same time, I have my VAs like, I don't, I don't have the time to live in my inbox, but my VA does. And so I tell, so Kath is the one, Katherine is, is my team member that helps with my, um, you know, inboxes on social media. So she messages me when it's one that matters. Damon, here's one to take care of. Like if it's just the sales pitch, don't tell me, Kath. I don't care. I'm not going to reply to them. I don't want to waste my time. If it's somebody that has a question that I can help, send me the link. If it's somebody that has a business question, send me the link. If it's somebody that just has a comment for me that they said they like something I read, send me the link. So what, what people can learn is that VAs, virtual assistants are super affordable and you can find affordable VAs without taking advantage of them either. So a lot of times where like half my team's in the Philippines, um, you know, some of them will come in and understandably because of COVID, they need a job. And so I'm not there to like take advantage of people. So what you want to do to foster that relationship right from the beginning is show that you care. So find, you know, find a VA and if they're asking for three bucks, pay them 350. Like what difference is 50 cents going to make to you? But that is still super affordable for you. Now you can scale and have somebody manage some of the growth stuff while protecting your virtual voice. And then you, you took that step number one and all it took was an extra 50 cents an hour. So what, you're out an extra 10 bucks a month. So I don't know, that could go in a million different directions. <laughs> well, but that, that actually is one of the questions I wrote down was this idea of scale versus personal, right? I think so many of us, we want to scale to make money, to, mm-hmm. to have business or like in athletics, we want to, we want to get to the next level before, you know, and we're going to sacrifice different things along the way to do that. And sometimes mm-hmm. the thing that we sacrifice is personal relationships. And, mm-hmm. and you're just saying it's not that hard to maintain the personal just by doing something generous from the beginning. Yeah. You just got to, you just got to take a step back and realize that things are possible. Um, and then, and then figure out how to get there. Right. Um, you know, we talked about my wife doing travels before, before we jumped on and, and she's never really done that on her own. And so I encouraged her like, Hey, it's possible for you to go have a girl's trip and enjoy and have fun. Like what you got to realize is here's where you are now and here's where you want to be. And so it's the same thing in business. Like here's where you are now. You want to scale, but you also want to protect personability. So what's sitting in the middle, like completely eliminate your, your biases, your preconceived notions. I think that's one thing that really separates me is I never think like, what if I'm never like, well, it seems really hard to scale. And I don't think it's possible. Like doesn't even cross my mind. And I don't know if that's, uh, that's probably partly just the way I am. And I'm lucky in some ways. And then other ways it's like, I've realized the possibilities. And so I'm very intentional about that. And so people got to do that as well. Like throw all the preconceived notions out the window. I went, I want to scale but I want to protect my voice. I want to protect relationships. I want to foster that. So what can I do? And this applies to business, not, not only just this outreach connections, but in business in general, like a huge part of my company's success is because we've documented all of our processes. So a lot of times people will come in and say, well, how do you document the, the dynamic things, the wildcard things, the things aren't constants. And it's the same thing with how this LinkedIn discussion, what you do is you figure out a mindset to document And so I have the black and white things that my team can do where it's like, go to the screen, push this button, done. But how do I tell them to, how do I train them to understand what to do if that screen doesn't exist? We want the same outcome, but the tool we need to get there doesn't exist. And so it's the same thing with scaling and outreach and and anything like just ignore what everybody else is saying. Just because everybody else is doing a thing doesn't mean it's right. Figure it like there's a million different ways 
to find a solution to just about everything. Just take a step back, start with a clean slate and figure out how to get A to C regardless of what B is. So I don't know, just stop, stop caring what everybody else says the way to do things and just figure shit out. (laughs) Boy, if, I mean, if we could just cut everything and, and give that to people, you know, just stop caring about what everybody else is doing, figure out what works for you and your team and, and grow and, and develop that. I think that's powerful stuff. And I I think there was another, in, in one of your blogs, you said, you know, it's possible you know, to grow quicker while moving slower and still build people, you know, bring people up. Yeah. With you. I think that's what, I mean, that's a little bit what you're saying too, is just like, it doesn't have to be this boom explosion growth. It, it can go slower and still grow at a quicker rate. Well, you know, what's crazy is that topic you just talked about that came from, um, I sent a copy of my book to a gentleman. And so when I send book copies, I sign everyone and it's not just thanks Damon. It's like something very specific. Like I make beard jokes to my, the people I send that have beards and I make like references to people that have, um, you know, an innovative product, like congrats on the things you're accomplishing. Like it's very personalized. I take the time to write that beyond that. I take the time to plug in a stupid ass glue gun, let it heat up for three minutes and then wax stamp it. So this whole process of sending one book takes me 10 minutes. Now I don't send out enough books that it justifies me outsourcing that to somebody else, but it's still worth my time to sit down and foster that relationship. Everything to me is about fostering a relationship. Now what happened is after the, that guy got the book, he sent me a picture and he's like, dude, thanks so much for taking the time to spend, to, to send this in such a special way. He said something like that. Right. And so that's the post that you read. And that's what I mean. I moved way slower. I didn't ask how I can send this book faster. I didn't just log into Amazon or my, my publisher and just push a button and say, send it to this guy. Like I went and got the book out of my closet. I, I wrote in it, I stamped it. I shoved it in an envelope. I printed the label. So yeah, you can move, you can move, you can grow faster by moving slower. And and what is super interesting to me in the last year is um, as I've taken on more of the quote unquote influencer role and, and social proof and, you know, just being more vulnerable online. I know so many people that are legitimately known as influencers and like that is what they want to be known as, is an influencer. And it's so fascinating when you talk to them, like when you get to a certain level, you start to catch little subliminal signs in mannerisms and the way they answer things or the way they ask you questions. And you start to think you're not as successful as you put on, on a front online. Right. And so the reason why I bring that up is like, I'm not the influencer guy. Like I'll embrace that to the point where I know that I'm helping people, but other than that, I don't want the title. And what I notice is the people that proactively want those titles like I'm not the guy pushing paid ads. I'm not the guy saying I got a two comma club click funnel or I'm not the guy like I'm on there talking about my kids and how I help people. And what I'm getting at is there's a huge disconnect in the middle. And I don't know how to say this any other way without sounding somewhat arrogant, but I'm doing a lot more than those other guys are that are bragging about it. And so just do your own thing and who cares what the influencer guy is saying they're doing, who cares about the pictures they're posting. Like I'm way more the humble guy on my social feed and you're not seeing that. Like I'm not rocking a Rolex. My cars are 20 years old, but I guarantee I'm outpacing the other guys. Yeah. Well, and you, it's, it's that instant gratification, right? 
all of those people are saying, Hey, we can do these two comma funnels for you tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, well, it's actually about the relationships and that's the real thing. And I think that's, that's life too, right? Nothing comes tomorrow. You Mm -hmm. have to invest the time. You have to, you know, build that connection with people, whether it's business or or your relationships, you know, personally. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I think is really powerful for people to understand is to, to be okay with the unknown. And what I mean by that is, um, like I never knew, I, I was pretty confident that I would do my own thing at some point, but I had no idea in, in what capacity of what career industry. Um, but I think that that is what helped me get to where I'm at today is because I was okay not knowing and I was okay taking my time. And, and so the analogy I always give is like, I dated my career. I dated my jobs until I found the career I could marry. And so it was like, okay, job number one, I was a janitor. All right. But you know, what's funny is, is 30 years later from being a janitor, I still know how to put a badass garbage bag in a can and pop a hole in it. So the air pressure comes out when you throw stuff in it. And so <laughs> like, those are little things I took away from simply being a janitor here. We are th- 20 years later and I still have this little thing that I do every week that I picked up from dating that job. And then I took from the next job. I was just a regular retail associate at an arts and crafts store. And from there, I just learned what I liked and didn't like in that relationship and then got a promotion into being a manager. And I, I didn't want to do that for a lifelong career, but I, I dated it, learned what I liked and didn't like, moved on. And I worked on air and radio for a couple of years. And that was awesome. Like all the cool things, the car, the, the parties, the concerts, meeting celebrities and artists. But it was at the same time, I knew what I didn't like about, about it was in, its instability and how transient it was. And so I never fully committed to that relationship. And then I take along all these little things. And so I think it's okay for, it's really important for listeners to understand that it's, it's better to wait to find the right thing than to prematurely commit to something you're going to regret later. Like it, it, just like John said, instant gratification, throw it out the window. Delayed gratification is way better because that's, what's going to make you happier in the long run. It might take longer, but I don't have any of the problems all my friends got. (laughs) Well, and you said it, man, like don't marry, you know, it's, it's the same. It's the analogy is perfect, right? We've all, I mean, not all of us, John just, he married his high school sweetheart, but um, like we've all kind of dated, you know, like we've, we've tried things like we've tried on different things about life. And over time you start to realize this is more me. This Mm -hmm. is more me. And, and you don't realize it when you start that thing, you get infatuated with it because it's exciting, right? Playing guitar. It's exciting to learn songs. This is fun. And then you, you know, like for me, I, I spent a lot of time away from it. And now I picked it back up again because mm-hmm. it's fun again. And, it, and now it's, I'm more committed because I want to do that thing well for a yeah. long time. Not that I just want to play a song every once in a while at a party or whatever and impress yeah. a girl or whatever it might be, yeah. you know, like I want to do this thing because I want to get good at it. And I want to, I want to marry that thing for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so I, I love that analogy. Like we commit super early and we think that this is supposed to be the thing that we're going to do for the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. you know, and, and at, at 25, do we know? No, at 22, yeah. do we know? Even at 35, I'm 35. Like sometimes I don't know, you know, like I got, yeah. I had all kinds of growing. Am I the oldest one on here? We're both 35. How, how yeah. old are you? I'm 39. Ooh. Sorry, it's a good man. beard for a 39 year old. Dude, I know. <laughs> I know. Sorry. That was my that was my one opportunity to take a shot at the beard. 
yeah, but no, you're totally right. And I think that applies on so many levels, um, e- even on the literal level. Um, you know, my wife and I, we've been together for 16 years and married for 14. Like I said, I, I love her a ton, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is because we took our time, right? Like she dated before I met her and I dated before I met her and, um, we learned what we liked and didn't like. And, and so that makes you that much more confident when you find the right one. And we were mid twenties before we, we met each other. And then we, we dated for two years and then we got engaged for a year. And then after we were married, we waited five years to have kids. I was 30 before I had my first kid. And you know, that goes a long way because you, as much as you think, you know, yourself in, your late teens to mid twenties, like you have no clue. Like you are going to dramatically change from 18 to 21, 21 to 25 and 25 to 30 and then 30 to 35. And that's like, that's not a bad thing. Like, but if you're aware of that and you can, and you can take a time out and do the delayed gratification and go, that sounds super sexy and attractive now, but I might not like that in a couple of years, you know, and just give yourself that opportunity to, to feel okay delaying things. Well, and it's, but it's also about, you know, you just said you've been married 14 years. This was the first time your wife kind of took this girl's trip on her own. Uh-huh. Like you're still encouraging her to do new and different things that are going to add to her life, but also yeah. to you guys as a relationship. And, and I think that's a really important part of it too, where Jamie, you talked about, you know, picking up these skills and, and doing them over time is being willing to get unstuck and try different things and encourage you know, whether it's again in your marriage or in your business, you know, sometimes you have to try some different things until you get to marry whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. And give yourself the grace to do that. Like you're going to like, even if you screw up that experiment, like who cares? At least you learned, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, you know, my wife has grown a lot, interestingly enough, just in the last six weeks specifically, because, um, you know, she's had a couple things where, I've been like, why don't you figure this out? Like, you know, they're just like things you don't realize that you're, you're harboring and and are slowing yourself down. And to you, they're just normal because you've lived with them for so long, but take a second and stop and go, do I need that to be normal? Like I'm living with that little inconvenience that I've always wanted to conquer, then freaking conquer it. Like, I think we just get so stuck in our ways that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity and it, and, and once you realize that, like, it's a beautiful thing that you can do that for your whole life. Like you can continue growing for your whole life and have all these amazing, cool new versions of yourself for your whole life. Like Jamie wants to be an awesome rock star just for himself. You know, <laughs> then we can rock out for yourself. You know, like that's cool. Like you like Pokemon, you get into Pokemon, go all in, you know, like, like stop caring about, stop having these insecurities about what other people's thoughts are. And uh, like, dude, I don't give a shit what people think about what I do because makes me happy and then i think about the people that do care and like i said before like i don't have their problems i legitimately don't have a single skeleton in my closet like i will tell anybody anything about anything about me because like what's the point in in hiding it because it's just going to make you feel uncomfortable like it's not it's not impacting anybody but you so i don't know this is like man this is therapy thanks guys (laughs) no problem (laughs) I, i think that's such a powerful thing to to potentially end on here is this idea that it's not about what other people have going on. It's about what you have. And we have, it's a choice. It's a choice to live with it. It's a choice to bury it. It's a choice to bring it out into the open and to deal with it, to acknowledge it and to say, I'm going to, I'm going to get better. 
today. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to grow through this thing, even though it might be painful or even though it might like, it might be just a thing that I made normal. I love that you said that it's, it was normal for me. <clears throat> well, normal doesn't mean great. You know, like, mm-hmm. what do we, what do we want from our lives? Do we want normal or do we want excellent? And, and that would be my call to everybody out there. And I, I thank you, Damon, for bringing it to our attention because it's so powerful to think about it in a different way. And that's what we are. We're a mindset company. Think differently to perform differently, to behave differently. Well, mm-hmm. you don't have to deal with that thing. So thanks for yeah. coming on. Thanks for bringing that out from us today and for our listeners. I, I had an awesome time catching up with you. So thanks for yeah. coming on. Man. Yeah, I appreciate the time to chat. Thanks, guys. Damon, where can uh, people find you find your book find all the stuff that you know you can help them with um i'm most active on linkedin so damon burton um you can also find my links to everything else on damonburton.com um if you want the sales pitch because we all know how sales pitchy i am by the end of this episode <laughs> um you can go to free if you want to learn about um search engine marketing there's a free download it, there's no upsell or anything on the thank you page i'd invite you to my facebook group and that's it I can confirm that I actually joined today and started reading. I told you earlier, I started reading it and it's going to stretch and grow me. And uh, I appreciate that. And like Jamie said, thanks for coming on and appreciate your time. You bet. Thanks guys. Thanks again to Damon for joining us. Everybody, we appreciate all the support and energy you guys put into listening every week. And if you find value in what we talked about today or any week, The only ask that we have for you is to share it. Give it to somebody that hasn't listened, that you value, that will find value. And I think this week, above all else, that rings true. It's give it away, right? Damon talked about living a generous life, right? Give stuff away, knowing that you're going to build relationships. and, And that's what we're about. And that's what he talked about and is a good way to live. So appreciate the support. Go check us out on all of our social media Join our Facebook group if you want, or Eyes Up Mindset everywhere should be easy to find. As always, live eyes up.